Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Roller skating culture in the Bay Area has lived many lives. There were the roller discos of the 1970s. Still kind of jealous I never got to see that. Then there were the inline skate competitions of the 2000s, very X Gamesy, And more recently, a quad skating revival fueled by TikTok and the need for fun outdoor stuff during the pandemic. Of course, this culture is tangled up with other cultural movements, including the Bay Area's underground music and party scenes. We're going to have some fun today talking with San Francisco's godfather of skate, a former professional rollerblader, and maybe they'll tell me how to learn to skate in your 40s. That's all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. So, personally, I cannot skate. But here's my own story about a brush with the glory of roller skating culture. My neighbor Renwick is a great guy. He grew up in East Oakland, worked for AC Transit for many years before retiring. He keeps an eye out on us as he walks the neighborhood with his three tiny dogs. But it wasn't until our street finally got repaved during the pandemic that I understood that Renwick was an incredible athlete, a skater, graceful, and totally in control. He'd been skating for more than 40 years, basically all over the Bay Area, and he obviously still loved it. This culture, that is to say, runs deep in our area, and we're going to dive in with today's guests. And of course, we're going to get your calls and memories of roller skating and rollerblading all around our region. We're joined first this morning by David Miles Jr., owner of Church of Eight Wheels and godfather of skate. Welcome, David. Good morning. We're also joined by Richard Humphrey, a former golden roller who teaches uh, roller dance classes. Welcome, Richard. Good morning. Um, David Miles, I thought maybe you could kick us off with just kind of a a trip back to the kind of roller disco era um, and how you kind of came to to be part of this culture. Well, um, when I first came to San Francisco back in 1979, um, I didn't know anything about roller skating outdoors. I basically came here because my mom had moved here. Mm-hmm. And my third day being in San Francisco, I just ventured out you know, into the city, go around. And I went to Golden Gate Park. And uh, when I went there, I saw four people go by on roller skates. And I had never seen that outdoors in a park before. Hmm. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. I, I know how to roller skate. So I, uh, some people told me about Sundays and I went and got me a pair of skates. And that very next Sunday, I was out there in the park. How old are you at this point, David? 
I, then I was 22. Okay. All right. Young man, young man. Young man, full of vigor and all that. <laughs> and um, anxious to get into what San Francisco is. So I went out there and it was the equivalent to, uh, you know, the Wizard of Oz when they're in the uh, tornado. Yeah. <laughs> it's spinning around and then it just lands, you know. And Dorothy gets out, and there's all this singing, and dun, 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 and then this color. That is what. Not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. Not in Kansas at all. It was amazing. I'd never seen anything like this before. Wow. Thousands and thousands of roller skaters, not really going anywhere in particular, but going everywhere. Yeah. And ever since that very day, I have been out there in Golden Gate Park skating. That is amazing. Uh, Richard Humphrey, tell us your uh, origin story here. Super Superhero uh, roller story. Well, mine goes back to the 50s as a kid. Uh, born and raised in San Francisco. I started skating around 1957. I skated, uh, and then I started again in the early 60s. And then the early 70s, everything just took off from there. I mean, mm. I was totally hooked on roller skating. And it's been that way the rest of my life. And um, as D as D had mentioned, uh, about 1979, that was magical for outdoor roller skating because we didn't have such a thing like that. Because I came from the rink, we heard about skating in Golden Gate Park. And so skating has been uh, part of my life, or it is part of my life, even to this day in 2023. Wow. It hasn't changed. Wow. Um just so people to, to help paint the picture of how you would perform, I guess is what I really want to call it. Um, you would have these like gold outfits, right? And there's an amazing picture you were on, uh, Pendarvis Harsha did a, did a series on, you know, like bikes and roller skating and stuff, um, for the, uh, you know, podcast that he does here at, at KQED. And so I saw this picture of you, uh, must've been a year or two ago where you have this like gold jumpsuit on. And I just, ever since I saw that, I was wondering, where did you get the gold jumpsuit? Like, who was supplying the roller disco people of that time? Well, I've always, like, gold has been, has been a color of mine for a long time. And so it was just something that just... You just had that in your be. closet. <laughs> <laughs> I've always tried to be different. You know, and being a golden roller, uh, you know, gold is just part of my life now. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Um, R Richard, tell me a little bit about the rink uh, life at that time, right? Was, you know, when I think about that time in American history, you know, I, I think about segregation, you, you know, even here in the Bay Area. Was it was it like that or was it a kind of uh, an open multiracial, multicultural kind of culture? Well, I mean, there was a, 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 a little bit of everybody, but yes, it was predominantly black, especially in the early 70s. Um, you know, the, it was it was more like a skate scene than anything uh, because there were so many rules and restrictions. And of course, we only had one night of skating. So uh, we just had to take advantage of it. But, you know, it was just, um, you know, just fun nights. I mean, I really didn't see... Um, anything that was discriminatory or anything at that time, it was just that, you know, we only had a night to skate and you mean there was like a, like a designated night for black people to go skate at roller rinks that were generally predominantly white. Well, 
particularly here in the Bay Area. I mean, we had um, in the 70s, we had uh, skating at, at the Ocean Beach, which is very popular, especially from the, 60, from the late 60s to the early 70s. And then from 70s, I started skating in South San Francisco, which was a place called Grand Arena. Mm-hmm. That became home forever. And so there were not a, a, a ton of ton of rinks to go to. So um, yeah. that's what we had. Yeah. We're talking about the Bay Area's roller culture with Richard Humphrey, former Golden Roller, teaches roller dance classes, and David Miles Jr., owner of the Church of Eight Wheels and Godfather of Skate. We'd love to hear from you. What are your memories about this roller culture and community, places where you used to go skate, places where you skate now? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can email forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter, on Discord, on Instagram. We're KQED Forum. Um, David Miles, tell us a little bit about kind of skate dance and how that kind of originated, and, and what what do you actually do when you're kind of skate dancing? Well, skate dancing is basically just taking the music that you're skating to and interpreting that. Mm-hmm. You know, every time a song comes on, it kind of grabs you, and you get out there, and you start doing your moves. But, you know, I never... Okay, like what Richard Humphrey and them do, synchronized dancing and stuff like that, I mean, that's great. Don't get me wrong. But I have always been a person that just does a bunch of things that I just feel like doing when the music comes on. Um, we used to, there used to be big competitions like the Red Bull Great Skate and stuff like that. And uh, we would get routines and stuff together and go out there and win. Um, but, you know, the dancing is just a, a part of it, kind of. You know, hmm. there's so many different uh, forms to express yourself in wheels. But in the beginning, it was the music that was fueling everything. Hmm. Uh, not just the music, but also the social times. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have two different trains of thought. You have the roller rink skating, then you have the outdoor skating. And, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, you went to the roller rink just like, you went to the movies or, you know, went out with your friends. If you're going to go somewhere, uh, roller skating was always on the agenda. But it wasn't me that wanted to skate so much. It was my sisters. Hmm. I was just hanging around because they're my older sisters. and Because <laughs> you had to. Own, <laughs> so I kind of had to go. Um, but when I got wrapped up into the scene in San Francisco, I felt that, um, you know, the, the openness of it all, the inclusiveness of it all, you just kind of did your your dance moves that you did on your feet, but you transferred them to your wheels. Hmm. And so it's always really, when you get down to it, the music really had mostly what to do with it. The music was fantastic. The music was about, like today you have hip hop and rap, which is great too. But back then you had people singing about love and uh, <laughs> party and you know stuff like that. So the music was kind of upbeat all the time. It was kind of on a fast pace. Yeah. And personally, I just got out there and did whatever my brain told my feet to do. Yeah. You know, um, you were, go ahead. Yeah. R- Richard Humphrey, I want to hear, what was your sort of favorite song to dance to? And what was your favorite move to drop on people? Well, 
one of my favorite favorite songs was Bounce Rock Roll Skate. I mean, when that song hit the airwaves, it was there was no looking back from there. I mean, that was actually a song for skating and it all just tied in. I mean, it, it just became like an all time favorite, which it still is to this day. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, yeah. Bounce, rock, roll, skate. And what about, what about moves? Did you, I, I have heard um, that you invented some moves. Well, you know, one of the things that really inspired me growing up in especially the 60s the temptations the four tops watching all the skate i mean watching all the groups uh Mm -hmm. watching how they did their moves and stuff it all just kind of transpired into skating you know i never knew that the dance would take over my life and in 1979 um i met three guys in golden gate park came from three different directions and it just became like magical, just like the temptations, the way they met and in the neighborhood. And I never thought that skating and dancing would, would change our lives. And so, you know, putting together moves, splits, um, dips, drops, alpha kicks, um, <laughs> man, it's so many different moves that, you know, I could go on and on, but it, there's a lot that make up dance and that's, yeah. You know, what makes it kind of really cool. That's beautiful. We're talking about the Bay Area's roller culture. We got bounce rock roll skate here, I think. Do we not for it? Yeah. Um, we've heard talking with Richard Humphrey, former Golden Roller, teaches roller dance classes, as well as David Miles Jr., owner of the Church of Eight Wheels. We want to hear from you. Are you part of this roller skate or roller blade community? What's your favorite part about it? Where do you go to skate? You have memories of doing it. The number is 866-733-6786 forum at kqed.org you can find us on all the social things i'm alexis madrigal stay tuned Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about the Bay Area's roller skating, roller blading culture. Joined by David Miles Jr., owner of the Church of Eight Wheels, Godfather of Skate, and Richard Humphrey, former Golden Roller, teaches roller dance classes. I want to add Ezekwe Anderson. You may know him as the owner of Rise Up 
bakery, which is amazing. <laughs> um, but he was also a former professional inline skater and co-founded the I Match Your Trick Association for Inline Skate Competitions. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So, Ezekiel, how did you get into uh, roller skating? Did you start, did you go straight to inline skating or did you start on quads? No, I was, I would, it was great listening to the last two gentlemen because, you know, um, being black in America, there was definitely a period of time where you just went to the roller rink, you know? And so, um, being young and not having a whole lot to do, we would go to the roller rink and it was just like, you know, whether it was playing tag, whether it was meeting up with your friends, whether it was dancing in the center, whether it was speed skating, it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's basically all we had to do. And so I started doing that and just having fun, you know, putting together little dance routines with my brother and sister. And then over a period of time, got better and better. And then all of a sudden, rollerblades came out, and it just like took over the world um, for me, because it was hard to. We were broke, so having wheels that you could go outside on, you would just destroy your wheels. Mm-hmm. And so, when I saw people rolling around on rollerblades and they were out and about doing their thing, and they could, you know, roll through grass. They if they hit a rock, they didn't like flip over. Or they could <laughs> roll downstairs. I was like just hooked. This and is so, like nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, this right is like there. late. For me, it would have been like late eighties. Um, yeah. Is when I really first like started rolling around and wanted to be a part. And then the nineties boom happened. But by that time, I you know I was already on them and being excited. You know, I like date myself but you know i graduated from high school in 92 so <laughs> yeah. um next thing you know i was you know trying to learn how to do handrails and i had some people i used to be a gymnast so i had people come to me and want me to teach them how to do flips on their skates <laughs> uh, or teach them how to do flips so they could do it on their skates and then they were like oh the flips that you're teaching us aren't the kind we see in the you know the videos and I was kind of like, videos? What do you, what do you mean videos? <laughs> so they brought me yeah. uh, the video, and I watched it, and it just blew my mind. People skating vert, you know, doing kinked rails, and I was just like, oh, I need to do this. So, yeah. We're going to go to the uh, the phones in a sec, but I wanted to know if there was like a, like a center to the Bay Area inline skating culture. Like, was there a place that everybody went, like if – you know, you wanted to show off like, okay, this is the spot where we're going to test yourself against the best. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the kind of inline skating I did is an offshoot of just rolling, right? So we're, we, for a long time, it was like extreme or, um, you know, like kind of stunt skating and park skating and, you know, vert skating. So all of that stuff was like a subsect of skating. And so there was the Friday night skate in San Francisco. I, for, at th- this time, I lived in Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether you lived in like Hayward or um, Oakland or whatever, everyone would come together kind of like a critical mass <laughs> and come out and skate on Friday nights in the city. And so you could be kind of nobody in your little town and then you would show up. And if you had been like, you know, learning how to do handrails and you would show up and everyone was skating and filming and bombing hills and all this stuff. So it was definitely a scene of that, you know, would grab youth culture's mind, you know, like people would go up and down and we would go all the way across town, end up down near um, the clock tower. Uh, and so, it, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Wow. Barcadero. Um, let's bring in uh, Heriberto uh, in Oakland. Welcome. 
Uh, hello uh, to all the listeners, and uh, I'm just uh, excited to hear all these uh, memories from the gentlemen that are sharing. Um, my experience with roller skating uh, started in San Francisco. I was new to the country. I migrated from Mexico, small town, uh, indigenous town, um, and came to Golden Gate Park. And I found a group of people that were uh, roller skating. I got so impressed with it. I went back home, and my first paycheck I got, I was 15 at the time. I was washing dishes. <laughs> I went back to the apartment I used to live in the mission, and I started practicing in the hallways with a pillow on my butt. <laughs> uh, so I, I wouldn't get hurt. Uh, I got all the gear, my helmet, my uh, uh, um, guard, uh, knee pads. And after a couple of weeks, I went back to Golden Gate Park. And I started just watching people because I couldn't talk to them. I, I didn't speak English at the time. And you had the language of dance so, and skate. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And maybe I saw I saw these gentlemen there talking in, right now yeah. in there. Uh, I remember somebody with a golden suit for sure. Wow. And and um, this was in the mid nineties, uh, Golden Gate Park, and I just used to join them and just go around and just do you know try to do whatever they're doing. I didn't get too too good at it, and uh, I I don't I don't skate as much as I, I love to um, marry and have a career and yeah. you know, have kids. <laughs> but that happens. It happens, Alberto. Story. Yeah. And um, I'm just uh, amazed that, that uh, you know, that this culture existed. I didn't know. Yeah. And thank you for the gentleman that started this. And uh, that, that that's my Oh, man. What a beautiful story. Roller skating. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for that call. I mean, Richard Humphrey, I mean, as somebody who was kind of building and maintaining that culture it must feel amazing to know that you built something that both was attractive enough but also inclusive enough that somebody who was literally like arriving here from an indigenous town in mexico was like these might be my people <laughs> well it's, it's been a beautiful experience i mean that's the whole thing about roller skating it brings all cultures together there's no color line um uh Dee and I can attest to that. We've watched so many different people come through Golden Gate Park. And um, and like I said, there's no color line. We just come and have a great time. Yeah. I mean, Marsha writes in to say, you know, hearing this topic brings to mind my 10-year-old who's been rollerblading for a few years. She loves it and especially loves skating in Golden Gate Park. She's met so many welcoming, nurturing adult skaters there. There are skaters who are so skilled and don't do it for their ego but for joy. The same inspiring, super skilled skaters welcome all who come. They joyfully share their skills with uh, with newcomers. It's awesome. Um, if uh, if Richard Humphrey, if somebody wants to get started uh, roller dancing, and I know you have to you have to take off at nine thirty, so give you this one. If someone wants to get started roller dancing, what do you think the, is the best way to do that? Well. <clears throat> I teach a roller dance class every Sunday in Hayward, California at Weeks Park. Um, and we welcome any and everybody on all levels of roller skating. It's, um, it's something that you have to start from the ground up. People get the idea that when they watch TikTok and YouTube and Instagram that it's an instantaneous thing. It's not. It takes a while. And so through my program, I take everybody through all the basic foundations of roller skating that builds into the dance. 
And that takes time. It could take months. It could take years. Um, you know, and, you know, the same thing that happens in San Francisco. Uh, there's a program that D has at the Church of Eight Wheels where they teach people how to do the basic foundations of roller skating. So it has to have a, a ground-up foundation, and then it's just built on from that. That's cool. Hey, thank you so much for uh, joining us, Richard Humphrey, former Golden Roller, teaches roller dance classes, as you heard, uh, in Hayward. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, This is fun. We've got Renwick, who I mentioned in the intro, on the line. (laughs) Thanks for listening, Renwick. Thanks for calling in. Oh, oh, wait. Ren, there you go. Renwick, you there? Yes, sir. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Um, Renwick, what do you want to add about the kind of uh, roller culture that you grew up with in Oakland? Well, I grew up uh, in the 70s, 60s and 70s. We skated, like uh, Richard said, once a week in San Leandro Roll Arena. We only had one night for a long time. Then I went away to college, and when I came back, we had two nights. And we slowly... (laughs) moved into maybe three nights a week. And um, then we had um, one roller skating ring in East Oakland. They were open every night. And uh, that's where everybody went because that was, they played all the R&B music every night. <laughs> and they were, they were the only skating ring that did that. Nobody else did that. Uh, Renwick, what was what was your favorite kind of? Were you in the sort of more roller dance? Were you more sort of like tricks? What is it? Particular music? Like what drew you to it? It was the music. We uh, we played a lot of. They, well, they started off with James Brown into uh, Parliament, Funkadelic, Confunction. Yeah, that was all. The old days. <laughs> that was our music. That's so good. Um, and, Ren, I want to ask you uh, one other thing before, before I let you go, which is, you know, you've skated, like, all over the Bay Area uh, in, in all the different rinks. Like, what one, you know, past or present is your favorite one to skate in? My favorite? Uh, it would have had to have been maybe San Leandro Roll Arena. Hmm. I, I grew up there, but I... I I learned basically there, but I did skate by the house on 50, then you say 52nd and um, Telegraph, but they only lasted, you know, I was too young. I only went there like for two years. Mm-hmm. And then when they closed that skating ring, everybody moved to East Oakland to skate, and then everybody else went to San Leandro. Yeah. So we would ride the bus from East Oakland to San Leandro to skate once a week. That's awesome. Hey, so Ren- I guess it would be San Leandro. Yeah. That's where they had the best skaters to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All the skaters that I idolized that I wanted to be like, they grew up there. Oh, What was it about them that made you idolize them? Oh, they, they had the moves. They were smooth. They were smooth. They, these guys were, they were like, they're like legends to me. Wow. You know, I judge all the female skaters by a couple of, young ladies that I grew up with and um, the guys too. Wow. You know, that's we're, I'm, I'm basically, I do skate outside, but I'm basically an inside skater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I skate the whole floor frontwards and backwards. 
I love it. Uh, Ezekwe is in here. Uh, crack it up. Um, thank you so much, uh, Ren, for for calling in, and thanks for kind of you know, it was it was amazing um, hearing you talk about all the different kinds of skating you've done all over this region, and just also an amazing neighbor. Thanks so much, Ren. All right, you have a good day. You tell those other two old guys. I said hello, Mr. Richard. <laughs> I will. I will. Thanks so much. Um, we have a, a question from Meg, and maybe, uh, Azikwe, maybe this one makes sense for you. Meg writes, you know, what are some good outdoor places and trails to roll in the East Bay? I've been to the Slab in Richmond and Brooklyn Basin in Oakland, but I'm looking for other options. So any place, like you said, when you get a nice when they just repave, <laughs> like is going to be good. Most most of the spots that I know are going to be a, normally along uh, the waterfront uh, where they make like long trails because you can actually get your heart rate up. You can actually like just enjoy being out there. Like um, I know in in San Francisco in particular, um, all the way up and down um, the Embarcadero is beautiful because it's made for you know, people out of town to ride bikes and to be out. You're always going to be, especially if you're on quads, you're always going to be looking for the smoothest, like freshest, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a new park. Um, you know, it sounds weird, but anything that was paved when we were younger, if it was even a parking lot, you know, we would just love it because it made it so much more enjoyable, mm-hmm. right? When you're running around and it's all kind of raggly, raggly, and you know that if you fall, you're going to get chewed up like a, like a cheese grater, it's it's not good. So even even now, especially like it's starting to go into winter, but if it's uh if it's broken down or whatever, you just stay off it. It'll eat your wheels, it'll eat your skin, it's not good at all. Yeah. So I mean, you were both skating in, uh, you were, you know, inline skating in the 80s and 90s, and then also, you know, had this I match your trick uh, association. Um, when people, I, like, I associate rollerblades with a particular time in my own life, you know, yeah. like in the, in that period, you know, nineties, early two thousands. Yep. Do, do you think it went away or do you think that just the mainstream, you know, coverage of rollerblading went away? So it hasn't went away. Just, just, just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has, it's never gone away. Um, it, it is what we would say is a little more underground, right? So the people that are doing it, they there's always new people that are in that are being enthralled by it. There's always new people that want to be a part of it. It hooks the imaginations of, you know, thousands of kids every year, hundreds of thousands of kids every year all over the world. Um, but what happens is are the big companies that were making a lot of money that were showing it, whether it was in like, you know, orange juice commercials or or like, you know, bread commercials, they just realized like, okay, well, the time of like it being blown up had kind of passed. And so they went on to something else, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, being part of a popular culture. It's like, oh, this person's killing it. They're the best rapper. And then two years later, you're like, what happened to him? You need to find a new best. rapper. Yeah, exactly. So so the machine let us go. Mm-hmm. But the core of who we are uh, is is un, unyielding. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, let's bring in uh, Katie in San Anselmo. Welcome, Katie. Here. Thanks for having me. This is the first time I've called. Oh, welcome. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I just love this conversation. It's just, it just, it just, um, you know, unites kind of everybody. I, I grew up 
skating, roller skating in Wisconsin. And I'd go every Friday and Saturday night. And then in 1991, I moved to San Francisco and I knew no one. And I loved to skate. And I actually loved rollerblading, too, at the time. And so I found this community, these gentlemen that we're, that we're talking to today, at Golden Gate Park. And it just made me feel like, you know, I, I had a place to be. And then the Friday night skates, which were totally off the hook and so, so fun. Um, there would be like hundreds of people on roller skates or um, rollerblades hey. starting in the marina. And uh, we'd go through town. And, I mean, boy, you had to be pretty nimble, though, if you're going to go with that group of people. <laughs> because we were on, like, the street, you know, skating and, and rollerblading. And it just was a really fun community. And I think about it a lot now. And actually a couple Weeks ago, I put on my rollerblades, which I should have tested first, but went down a path in Marin, which is where I live now, and it brought back really good memories. So I just want to thank everybody that's on the show and for everything that they've done for the community as a whole. Oh, man, I love that. Um, thank you so much, um, Katie. We're going to get to some more uh, calls after the break. We're talking about the Bay Area's roller culture, joined by David Miles, owner of the Church of Eight Wheels, godfather of skate. Uh, Ezekwe Anderson, co-founder of I Match Your Trick Association inline skate competition uh, and a former professional skater, also the owner of Rise Up uh, Bakery. Loving all these uh, calls. We're going to get to more of them. Your kind of memories of being a part of this community or where you love to skate now. You can give us a call. 866-733-6786. The email is forum uh, at kqed.org. We have some uh, great comments here, too. Um uh, Gene writes, I met my husband roller skating in Golden Gate Park in 1978. My first time out roller skating out there. I saw this crazy guy roller skating and playing the accordion, blue shiny shorts and cowboy boot skates. And she was like, that's my future husband right there. <laughs> Brian writes, I remember the skating crew in Golden Gate Park when they started closing the roads on Sunday. It was a side street with a grassy hill, and people would just come watch for hours, listening to the boomboxes down there. This is James Brown. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more. Oh, yes, I got to. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. I rode my bicycle past your window last night 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrick. We're talking about the Bay Area's roller culture. Joined uh, here in the studio by Zeke Anderson, co-founder of the I Match Your Trick Association, which was an inline skate competition, also former professional skater and owner of Rise Up Bakery. Uh, we're also joined by David Miles Jr., owner of the Church of Eight Wheels, godfather of skate. And earlier we were joined by Richard Humphrey, former golden roller, teaches uh, roller dance classes. Um, I want to get to um, Sherry. Um, I think we've got you on the line with a, in San Jose with a good question. Welcome. Do we have you there, Sherry? Um, so I just wanted to chime in about the trail skating community in the Bay Area and um, how amazing it is for, for quad skaters. Uh, a lot of people have this impression that um, – that you know, there's there's so much to do on quads on the on the rink floors, and and that's true. But uh, joining the inliners outside on trails that we have in the Bay Area has been um, an amazing experience for me. I started roller skating during the pandemic. I'm a I'm a pandemic skater, one of those Johnny Come Latelys. <laughs> um, but um, from what uh, I hear, everyone know, is welcome though. So you're totally fine. You're totally yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, like, so all the gyms closed down and I was looking for something to do to stay active and found out that there are, um, there are a ton of quad skaters that are doing trail skates, bombing down hills, going on, um, paved trails, bike trails, bike paths. Um, and I found an amazing community in San Jose that, that, of, of athletes and mm-hmm. hardcore daredevils that are just doing all these kind of cool things on trails um on quads wow that's cool i mean sure i mean yeah do you do you worry about getting injured out there or do do you need particular kind of equipment or can you just go out there and your normal roller skates uh well so i have special outdoor wheels um uh i you know we've got a couple of bay area roller skate shops um that that cater to um outdoor quad mm-hmm. skaters that, that have soft, soft wheels. And I don't worry about getting hurt anymore because I've just, I've been hurt on roller skates. <laughs> I fall like weak I, and DNA out on the trail. Yeah. You're, you're built different <laughs> like, than I'm I am. I think. <laughs> I'm totally scarred up head to toe from, from, yeah. you know, just trying new things and, yeah. and falling and getting back up and, it, the first fall is always the scariest, but then when you figure out you can survive it and um, yeah. and be okay, then you know you you, you take it yeah. take it with a grain of salt that you're probably going to fall and you're probably going to get a little bruised up and stuff. But it's so much fun. It's so exhilarating and it's such a good workout and such a good mental health like release. You know, to mm-hmm. be around in community and to be able to go outside in the beautiful yeah. weather that we have in the uh, Bay Area. so good. Yeah, Sherry, thanks, uh, yeah. thanks so much for, uh, for calling and sharing that uh, trail uh, skating out there. Let's, let's go uh, right to uh, Laney in San Francisco, who wants to remind us, of course, people still, the Friday night skate is going strong. Welcome, Laney. Hey, good morning. Love the show. Thank you so much. Yes, skating is everything, in my opinion, but I've heard the Friday night skate mentioned a time or two, and I just want to let it be known that it is still going strong (laughs) every single week since 1989. Huge grateful thanks to David Miles, who started this event in 1989 after the Loma 
Prieta earthquake, yeah. broke the freeway and attracted skaters like magnets and eventually gave rise to the route as we know it today. It's the same 12-mile route we've been rolling every Friday night. We leave from the ferry building at 9 o'clock on the dot. We get back at midnight on the dot. <laughs> we welcome rollerblades, roller skates. Everybody's welcome with the understanding that we all share equal responsibility, keeping the group safe. And with luck, it will roll into perpetuity because <laughs> it needs to be a part of San Francisco's fabric for all time. That's here, here. So yeah. come join. Kids, we have, we have people from 7 years old to 77 years old coming every week. That's and amazing. that's for real. So keep it rolling. It's all yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Do you, can, so, where can people find out information if they want to join it? Do you have like a website? Is there a- Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some stuff there on Facebook. There's San Francisco Friday Night Skate. Uh, there's an Instagram page, SFFNS since 1989. That's the Instagram page. I'm pretty Johnny on the spot with answering messages. So <laughs> feel free to message. All right. We're all good. Want to see you out there. And don't forget your protective gear and your lights <laughs> if hey, you have them. Thank you so it's much, Lady. Great Lainey. event. Yeah. Thank that, you no, so that much. Sounds awesome. Thanks for the show. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear. <laughs> and thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. So here's the thing. David Miles, I'm going to bring this one to you first. Bye. Um, my 10-year-old is a great skater, both quads and, and inline. Um, I don't know how to skate. So, you know, I'm 41. I can, you know, ride a bike. I run. But uh, what would you recommend? Like, what's the way for me to try and get into this? If I, if I wanted to get good enough to be able to, you know, go to this Friday night skate. Ezekiel's <laughs> well, like, while. good luck, bro. Uh, <laughs> it might take a while for you to get that good. but I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Here's the thing. There are very few things where an adult and a child, you know, learn something at the same time. And every time we teach, we teach lessons every Saturday at uh, at Church Eight Wheels. And when I have parents that have kids, uh, the thing is, you get to share an experience that you never have, where both of you are learning something exciting at the same time. It's it's really a matter of practice, you know. If you put a little kid on my put my my daughter is 12, was 12 years old, and she won the Red Bull National Championships in mm. freestyle dance. My son was nine years old, and he came in seventh place in that same competition. There were no kid categories. <laughs> if you let the kid just get exposed to skating, mm-hmm. just let them go for it. They, they don't need me is what you're saying. <laughs> well, no, they, they, it, it literally, you, it, you, you fill in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. When you do it with them, uh, this is a relationship you're going to have that don't really exist, where you're both learning something at the same time, the kid, the adult, and it's kind of a unifying thing. It's kind of something that brings you together because your mind is empty, ready to be filled with the knowledge of skating. And so both of you are excited about it, and both of you are practicing the same thing. Now, for kids, uh, the younger you are, um, the more it becomes something that you just want them to do. Like say for instance, a five-year-old as com- compared to a nine-year-old. When you're a five-year-old, your attention span isn't there. You know, you get easily distracted. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you can get them onto something where they can feel it, they'll remember that day forever. And the parent will too, because the parent is just as excited as the kid <laughs> because they're learning how to skate. So I would say for kids, you know, it's best to just let them do it. And another thing about the parents is y'all like to hold on. 
You want to hold the kid mm. and the kid. You cannot do that. Here's what I tell parents. I say, look, look at your kid. Little cute little kid. He's going to be 45 years old one day, living in the basement, playing video games. You need to let go now. And let him get it. And then they get it. And to me, that's the most wonderful thing. I, When I teach lessons, I mainly concentrate on the very, very beginners. Those people that can't, like, clap their hands and breathe at the same time. You know, it's like, uh, I love this. Because I, love I feel attacked, David. <laughs> It's a fear. You have this fear, right? It's like, oh my God. It's not that I can't skate, it's that I don't want to fall. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we, I mean, we have a listener who wrote in and said, the last time I tried roller skating, I took a pretty bad fall, broke my leg, which resulted in a terrible fear of falling. How can roller skaters balance safety and a sense of freedom and flow that comes with dance roller skating? Like, how do you get over that that fear? Either, you know, the, the, that it might happen or that it actually did already happen and now you're scared. I, I equate it to life. Life is scary. Everything is, is scary. Everything is fearful. You got to face it. You got to take it on. You got to try it. Mm. You know, you practice is what makes it great. And the more you practice, the better you get. One of the things about skating is it never gets worse. You know, it only gets better. Mm. And that's the message that I give to everybody. When, when I do, I've been doing. I've been a certified instructor forever. Uh, I was. I've been a part of all this development of skating from uh, closing parked car traffic to. Uh, opening up skating places all over the place. And they're all kind of have the same uh, dynamic. Most mm-hmm. of the people, especially with the the newer TikTok uh, coming people, um, they're mostly beginners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come around as old school guys and we, you know, know everything and all that. <laughs> and um, they sh- people shouldn't feel like it's really like that because yeah. skaters love to share mm-hmm. what they know. I mean, this is the only when you go out to the park or when you go skating, uh, you may not know anybody. I didn't know a soul when I came here. Someone else called in and said the same thing. But there's a feeling of belonging. There's a feeling of uh, of acceptance in the skating community because most of the people there are just, you know, want to have a funky good yeah. time. <laughs> so you can listen to them. You can you can get knowledge from them. And uh, that's really what it's all about. So if you have a child, uh, I know you want to hold on to them and all, but you really just need to let, let them go, go yeah. for it. Be there to help them. You know, don't let them go down the steep hills. Yeah, uh, but they'll get it. Let's bring in. Um, let's bring in Erica in Los Gatos. Welcome. Hi, I was just calling in about the uh, South Bay roller dance and roller skating scene here in and around San Jose. I'm not sure if anybody's talked about that no we haven't tell us okay well we have a long tradition of aloha roller rink which i grew up had my third grade birthday party there (laughs) and it closed and the skaters in the south bay have kept it alive um they were doing roller skating kind of summer pop-ups at a park in san jose that i used to go to just a couple years ago with Mm -hmm. themes and music and lessons it was so fun and now they have a rink at Eastridge Mall on the east side of San Jose. And you can go there for roller dance lessons, rhythm dance, uh, rhythm skate, uh, open skates, all kinds of fun stuff. And then they are also doing roller rinks at the Circle of Palms in downtown San Jose, right there at Cesar Chavez Plaza um, for certain months of the year where there used to be ice skating. Now it's roller skating. Mm. That's so cool. Erica, thanks so much. I mean, you, you figure it has to be 
all around the bay. But it's great to hear the the details there. Thanks so much, Erica. Um, uh, Azuka, I wanted to ask you about uh, something we haven't touched on yet, which is kind of like the trick scene, right? Which is kind of its own particular subculture within the subculture, yeah? Yes, definitely. Um, so I I will second all the things I've been hearing about um, people wanting to kind of express themselves and, and, you know, being okay with falling. I tell people I have a PhD in falling. Um, the whole idea of like, learning how to fall, learning how to protect yourself, wearing your pads, and that kind of like being good on your skates and then kind of wanting to take it to another level, that's really where basically all of what I spent my life doing kind of comes in, whether it's jumping on handrails, whether it's grinding on things, whether it's skating skate parks, whether it's skating ramps, all of those things, you can't really do that without learning how to fall and without taking your lumps. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it it comes from like a much kind of um, more artistic, not more artistic, excuse me, not that the other isn't artistic, <laughs> um, representation of one's self. Like, you know, you learn how to do these tricks, you watch other people maybe do them, you can kind of uh, make up your own tricks, mm -hmm. doing flips, doing spins, grinding. Um, there's a whole subculture of a subculture where it's like, it's worldwide. Like I literally could pick up my phone right now and text uh, my friends in Japan that mm -hmm. I traveled around and went on tour sure. with and have skated with for years, whether it's, you know, Germany or Japan or yeah. there's a world of yeah. people that are have been like what we kind of call underground, but it's it's ebbed and flowed into popular culture. Yeah. And more recently, it's been blowing up again. So, uh, and I think that's, uh, in tandem with the quad, uh, especially like heavy duty uh, girl quad skaters that are pushing limits. Yeah. Um, and all of that kind of feels like it has sprung out of the pandemic, right? So it's like all of a sudden you get 20,000 views and people are like, I want to do that, <laughs> right? And so then next thing you know, people go out and they get their skates the same way that everyone was going to Golden Gate Park to meet people or to be a part of that and it kind of grabs onto your soul. We have that. It's just a lot more bruises and, you know, uh, a, a little more yeah. skin knees, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, another uh, listener writes in to say, you know, uh, I just got quad skates. Where can I get the wheels and trucks adjusted? I don't have any skater friends to help me tighten or loosen them, so I've been skating with super stiff wheels, which is super difficult. Yeah, um, well, there used to be Skates on Hate, um, and there also was a, a place right across the street. I don't know. Um, nowadays, I would say going on and, like, buying the tools and kind of watching some YouTube videos on how people do their setups, it, it is a lot of personality. Like, you know, having the good, um, good bearings, knowing that you can over-tighten things and kind of, like, crush your bearings. Uh, knowing the, the right kind of wheels for the surface that you're going to be skating. When I skated a lot, I that's where we lived was like at either the skate park or at the local skate shop. And there was always somebody that was willing to kind of like school you and tell you, you know, like, oh, no, you don't want those ones. Those ones are a little too hard for what you're doing. Or oh, you need something a little softer. You need something way harder if you're going to grind. Like, So I feel like right now reaching out to the community, once you find one good person that – seems like they're knowledgeable like like uh the gentleman said earlier you know 
there's a, a wealth of knowledge out there. You just got to find someone who you can relate with and don't be afraid to ask questions, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sequoia writes in to say, I want to add to this conversation the story of the Rich City Rollers, who are a group of women and folks who met as movers and shakers in Richmond, California. We were inspired by groups like Richard Humphreys and the Church of Eight Wheels. When we formed the collective of the Rich City Rollers, we defined it as a movement of movements, and we support social justice and community values. We skate Sundays at the Slab in Richmond. A lot of us are women. Some of us are queer. Some of us have varying gender identities. We feel safe together feels just like an extension of the this of this culture is equal of, of people finding ways to bring belonging through through skating well, i think you know like i'm a dyslexic i'm adhd i feel like there's a lot of people that have been othered i feel like there's a lot of people that don't really feel like they fit in uh maybe in normal society and i do feel like you can just be yourself when you're skating right yeah. when you show up and you have this common bond, whether it's on rollerblades, whether it's on quads, whether it's uh, the dancing version, like just the representation and feeling like you can just be yourself and be seen and be okay. That's intoxicating, you know? So perfect ending. We've been talking about the Bay Area's roller culture with Ezekway Anderson, former professional inline skater, David Miles Jr., owner of the Church of Eight Wheels, godfather of skate. And earlier we were joined by. Richard Humphrey, former Golden Roller. Thank you so much for joining us. The 9 o'clock hour of Forum is produced by Blanca Torres, Grace Wan, Jennifer Ng, and Dan Zoll. Our interns are Jericho Reininger and Amiko Oda. Marlena Jackson Rotondo is our engagement producer. Francesca Fenzi is our digital community producer. Judy Campbell is our lead producer. Danny Bringer, engineer, hero. Vice President of News is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. Thanks again to everyone for your calls and comments. Thanks so much, Renwick, for calling in, my neighbor. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. 
New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.